You are listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast where we discuss all things congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease. I am Maddie Manley, a Pacific Northwest mom to an adorable son with CMD. And I am Megan Meyer, a Midwest mom to a sweet daughter with CMD. Together, we are Two Rare Mama Bears. We hope to share with you challenges, struggles, triumphs, and accolades in the congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease community while learning and growing along the way. Today, our guest is Mark Bear. He is awesomely on the West Coast with me this time. And we're going to visit with him about fundraising. We talked a little bit about the drug development process and how all of that goes in the cost and time that goes into it. And several people have been intrigued about how they can be involved in doing fundraising to help cure CMD and some of the uh, research that they're doing. So we wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about fundraising. And Mark is a parent of a little girl with CMD and has done some fundraising with cure CMD in the past. So we welcome him this afternoon. Thanks guys. How are you? Doing well, thank you. We've kind of a little bit quarantined right now where I got still battling some some viruses in this flu season, so we're kind of cooped up at home at the moment, but other than that, we're doing pretty well. Here, yeah, it is that season where hunker down and try to keep everybody well. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome to have you. Will you kind of give us some background on Bella and then after yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Start in and tell us about um, how the fundraising side started with with Barrett for Bella. Sounds good. Yeah, so our oldest daughter is is Bella. Annabella is actually her name, but everyone calls her Bella. Um, And she was born in 2014. And about somewhere between nine and 12 months after she was born, we found out that she had uh, Lama 2 CMT. So we, we always knew that she had something that was not quite the same as every other child. And it wasn't until, yeah, just after nine months that we actually got a diagnosis and found out that it was actually a, a form of muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. And um, so my, my wife and I, we, we were living in California at the time and we we're kind of taken aback by it and started doing a lot of research like most parents do, <laughs> going to the Google machine and trying to figure out what this means and try to find a community around where to actually have a conversation and do some exploration around you know what this all means for us and and um, it was not long after that that we kind of stumbled across the the QSCMD website and the QSCMD Facebook groups and and everyone around the community then including Rachel and and some of the other parents that had kids that were a little bit older than Bella so yeah we've we've uh, been Bella's going to be six in August so she's still still pretty young and in, in kindergarten now. So we're, and we've got two more kids that we've added to the tribe since then. So things have gotten just more crazy since then. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, I think we've kind of done it that, at the, that level of crazy for now, but yeah. So, so soon after we, we found out about her condition and, and learned it as much as we could from doctors and from the community, we started to ask kind of similar questions as I think a lot of other parents have asked is like, what can we do about this? Like what, how can we, how can we get involved? You know, what's the status of medical research right now? What's needed and how can we be helpful? And that's when we started to really look into trying to do some fundraising. So yeah, we did it. We did a fundraiser just before Bella turned two. So I think it was actually just after she turned two, she turned two in August and the fundraiser was on September 11, just mm-hmm. after her second birthday. 
we had been kind of shooting some ideas around about what to do as a fundraiser. We'd seen a lot of other people do some, some stuff where they had sold t-shirts or they had done some sort of run or marathon or 5k or something like that. And my wife and I had already had a little bit of a background doing some, some races. We actually moved to Bend a couple of years ago in Oregon and we found Bend because we were coming back from doing an Ironman triathlon and found this place and really liked it. So we'd, we'd done a, a triathlon before in the past and we've done some running before in the past and kind of after having, having our first child, we thought that maybe doing some exercise along with fundraising might benefit more than just one thing, <laughs> help <laughs> us get like our fitness back again and, and start um, getting back in shape as well. So when we started looking into ways to do some fundraising, we thought that maybe, you know, doing, doing some sort of exercise based fundraiser would be a good start and we started throwing some ideas around as to as to how to make that happen I, I remember throwing some ideas to my wife saying hey what if we you know did a thousand sit-ups and try to raise money doing that tell everyone we're going to do a thousand sit-ups and you know see if people want to do it with us or just, just try and think of all these different ideas and she would come back and say that one's probably a little bit too crazy or maybe that one <laughs> people some people just wouldn't want to do that and the idea we, we ended up settling on was uh, was actually to do a triathlon because it's kind of what we had done before. And uh, I wasn't kind of happy just doing just doing a triathlon again because I'd done that before, and most of my friends had known that I'd done a triathlon before. So that was there wasn't really anything novel about that, although it was it was still hard. It's mm-hmm. not not mm-hmm. easy. <laughs> you still have to train and get in shape and everything. But uh, I decided to try and do the triathlon carrying Bella's body weight. So, you know, if people aren't familiar with what a triathlon is, you swim first and then you bike ride and then you run. Uh, and the, the event that we chose was a half Ironman. So it was a, a 1.2 mile uh, swim, and a 56 mile bike ride, and then a 13.1 mile run. And Normally, I would convert that to you for, into kilometers, but right now my brain's not working that great, so I'll <laughs> let everyone convert at home. I think it's like 20 kilometers and 80 kilometers and two kilometers or something. Yeah, so that's what we decided to do. My, and my wife, when I told her I wanted to carry Bella's body weight, she's like, "You're you're an idiot! Like, <laughs> don't do that! Like, a triathlon's enough! Like, just just do the triathlon." And um, but I was I was pretty pretty certain I wanted to do something. I actually wanted to take Bella with me on the thing that I was doing. But um, yeah, it's not very safe to have a child with you for eight hours or whatever it is while you're doing an event like that. And they get really bored really quickly too. Like you run out of snacks very fast and you've got to carry diapers with you and that's just not very practical. So I kind yeah. of decided that, uh, hey, what if I uh, figured out some way to strap the, strap the weight to myself and, and carry that weight with me and see if that would be something that would work. And also see if something that'd be something that the triathlon organization would actually accept and be willing to let me do how long did you have to train with that extra weight like how long did Uh, you have to prep yourself for it so so i had a bit of a strategy a friend of mine is really really good at at fitness and much fitter than i am and uh i think it was about march where i decided that this is what i was wanting to do um and i didn't announce anything i just told i just told my friends this is what i'm gonna do this is the purpose and then we decided that like later on we'd actually make a statement about it and try to try to like drum up some interest and get people following and and see if we could get people who would be um, wanting to like sponsor us or, or donate um, to a good cause. 
so my strategy actually was to kind of to cheat a little bit was to try and lose weight first. So I was, I had my dad bod in full effect at the start. And, um, so I thought, what if I lose 25 pounds to start with? And then, you know, net, net, there's no difference. So it's, you know, I'll still be the same weight as when I started. And so I actually set out to lose some weight. I think I, I did paleo for 30 days and I, I shed like 18 pounds or something in the first 30 days. And then after that started training and I had to add the weight really slowly um, mm-hmm. because it, I found that it can really set you back a long way when you go for a long bike ride or a long run when carrying extra weight on your body. So and I also had to experiment with how I was going to carry the weight. I thought for a bit that I might have a backpack or something, but then that would, that proved that it was really rub on the shoulders too much, like as it would jump up and down. And I thought maybe a, wa- a, west, a waist belt might work. Um, but then I ultimately found that a, a weighted vest was the best way to do it. And I ended up having to experiment with like three or four different weighted vests to find one that actually would handle like being on you for that long and, and running as well, like running for you know, two hours with it on is something that could give you a lot of chafe and discomfort and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, so yeah, so there's a, kind of like a whole strategy trying to figure it out. And All once the I'd logistics. Or- exactly. And once I'm I'd imagining trying people- to swim with it on, like, so wearing, that was the interesting one. Wearing I, they- jeans in the water, <laughs> kind of like, I'm going to sink with it on. Yeah, they wouldn't let me swim with it on. Okay. Um, so it was, it was interesting because I, I, I had a full plan to, to do that. And they wouldn't let me do it. When I, when I got to race day, they said no. And then I asked them if um, if I could tow it. So oh, if I sure. if could I throw the weight into a boat and then tow the boat, not not like a like a inflatable something, because that's something that uh, I've seen some people do in triathlons. Actually, like I think Dick Hoyt is um, quite famous for for actually towing his son in the Ironman. And so they wouldn't let me do that because they thought I would drown, which is kind of fair enough. You don't really want to see someone drown <laughs> during a during a triathlon. Um, Safety. Yeah. So what I settled on for the right, for the swim because I still wanted to make it harder. I didn't want to. I didn't. I wanted it to be. I wanted to earn the achievement. I decided not to wear a wetsuit. And in the longer distance triathlons, most people wear wetsuits because it actually helps you float. And then actually the day of the race, or the day before the race, they found out the water temperature was going to be, I think, 58 or something like that. It was really cold. And they actually enforced the wetsuit. They said, you have to wear a wetsuit. And uh, I had to speak to three different event organizers the day of the race to, uh, to say, hey, can you please let me not wear a wetsuit? Like, I'm doing this as a fundraiser for my daughter. You know, I've, I've been training for this. Like, I'll let me not. So I was the only one out there not wearing a wetsuit. Everyone else was wearing a wetsuit. And I actually had all my friends draw messages all over my chest um so that when i when i came out of the water there's all these guys wearing a wetsuit and i was just you know skin with you know marker all over my sh- all over my chest so so yeah it was um yeah it was, it was it was definitely a unique experience and i think that the novelty of it all um really helped in the fundraising so we we'd seen a lot of people do those uh like a 5k or or a half ironman or a marathon or something like that and say they're doing it on behalf of someone and that always works well like it's it is it is a good way of raising some money but we really wanted to make it something that's kind of unique and also a little bit shareable where we could say you know this you know father is carrying his his daughter's body weight to raise money for muscular dystrophy you know something that would generically be interesting to people rather than just something that's just kind of interesting to the people that you directly know and and know of your story so that was kind of the way we attacked it 
So do you do that? Like people sponsored you as you went through or would make donations just kind of on your behalf, stuff like that? Yeah. So that was the, yeah, the, the, one of the parts that was kind of more complicated to figure out back then was, was how do you actually take the money from people and, and, and how, who do you send the money to? We, we, we right away decided we didn't, this money wasn't for us. It was for, it was for QSMD. It was for, it was for research. And so we had to figure out, okay, how do you, cause some of the, some of the um, fundraising platforms actually has the money go to you. And then that money then can go to whoever you choose. Like you can give it to QSMD, but there's actually some taxation involved mm. in that. If you take that money on yourself, then you could technically be taxed for that. I think, in effect, if you take it in and then you donate it, then you're donating the exact amount that you had income for, so it'd be a deduction. But, but yeah, anyway, there's trying to figure that which platform to use and everything uh, was was um, not so straightforward. But uh, luckily, you know, Rachel was really helpful, and at the time they were using a platform called CrowdRise, and CrowdRise was pretty good. It, it actually had a direct Facebook integration, so you could actually put a donate button on your Facebook page, and it would go directly to CrowdRise. And we set up a, a URL, so we set up Barrett for Bella. So Bear is my last name and obviously Bella is our daughter's name. So we set up BarrettforBella.com and then that would forward through to our, our fundraising page too. And so that was, that was really good because th- those fundraising pages are great because they're kind of a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because once you have some donations happening, you, you see a feed of donations and other people see it as well and they see the goal that you're trying to reach and they see you making progress towards that goal. And so that can sometimes elicit more donations, which really helps in getting the getting that progress moving and trying to hit your goal. Was there something that you found in particular that helped to create awareness around the efforts that you were doing? Yeah, so um, we, we had talked to people in person about it, but quite honestly, I, I have a love-hate relationship for Facebook. I, I, I love how connected it makes you to people that you aren't so close to proximity-wise. I, I hate how much time it can take out of your day sometimes. Um, but uh, Facebook was really the, was a huge key to this. Um, you know, we, after having everything set up and, and knowing what I was doing and even having, I even had the vest and everything, we announced what we were doing. We, we created a, a page for Barrett for Bella and in announcing it, we asked people to do one of three things. The first thing was if you can donate, donate. And I was, I was asking for a dollar for every pound I was carrying or as much as you can afford. So like if it was five bucks, if it was $10 or if it was that $25 for the 25 pounds, that was fine. And then if you, but if you couldn't donate, like if you could like our page so you can follow along. And then if you, and the third one was, if you could just share it, that would be really helpful. Like just share the, share the video, share our post that we made when we first started. And, you know, just asking people to help say, Hey, we need your help. Like, you know, our story, you know, you know, could you do one of these three things? It was, it worked really well. Like we had, I think two or 300 people share that post. Um, obviously a lot of people liked the the page. And then we had ultimately uh, when everything was finished and the, from the um, fundraiser, we, we raised about $30,000, which was a, a huge, like, but we we aim for five thousand dollars. So awesome. It was, yeah. So it was way way more than we ever expected. We had some really some friends of ours that we had known from a long time ago. Friends of parents. People just came out of the woodwork, and I think Facebook really allows that. You know, you have your your parents have friends, and your brother has friends, and they have all met you once or twice. 
either from when you were a kid or from someone's birthday party or something and they see your face and they see your story and they you know feel inclined to try and help and i think that really that really works you know mm-hmm. especially the sharing part and there's always someone's always asking things to be shared or there's always viral posts but when it's just somebody that you know that is going through a hard time saying hey we could really do with your help can you help us out by sharing this or donating or whatever i think people are very inclined to do that mm-hmm. one so, thing i noticed that i think probably boded well was the use of storytelling and imagery in the youtube video tugged at heartstrings yeah it's funny i was actually talking to my wife about it this morning because you know we we made that video with our, with some help from family and we actually we actually decided to spend money on the video. And I think that's one of the things that was really interesting is that, you know, we were trying to raise money, but we thought that if we thought we should spend some money to actually make it like make a great video that's shareable and tells a story. And I didn't have great video editing skills, even though I work for a company that sells video editing software, I I'm just wasn't very good at that kind of thing. And so, so yeah, we, we thought let's, let's try to tell people, you know, about us, about Bella, see her, see what she looks like, see what challenges she has, you know, try to make it more uh, generic. I want to say generic because you can, somebody else could see that who doesn't know us and they can see, you know, that it's something that's difficult to go through as a parent and, and is, is something that a lot of people would see and be interested in following or, or support. So yeah, we actually spent I think uh, I think about four hundred dollars on the video just to get it put together. Uh, and when you're aiming for five thousand dollars, I mean that's kind of counterintuitive, right? To spend right. money to raise money, but we we kind of looked at that as our donation to the thing, uh, to the cause. Like our donation was the effort, and then the upfront setup, uh, registering a domain, paying for the video, things like that, buying a vest, uh, and and trying to be set up for the race. It was a very connectable. You could watch the video and even if you couldn't relate in the same scenario or anything, you definitely connected with your family in the video. Mm. I think I watched it the first time in an airport. Oh yeah. Uh, after the Cure CMD conference in DC, I was just sitting and looking for anything CMD related on my phone. And I remember going, Hey Megan, were these people there? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, like there are a lot of people there. Probably should have looked at this stuff beforehand. <laughs> yeah, it's um, there's a lot of a lot of great things happening. I think a lot of people who do really good fundraisers for their kids and 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 people who do a lot of them, like people who are doing them all the time and very consistent about putting in that constant effort to fundraise. And, and I think that's that's probably one of the hardest things for us is to try and figure out the cadence of which you then ask your friends for money effectively. You know, when you go out to Facebook or or you go out to any network of people through a school school network or whatever else we don't want to feel like we're kind of putting a hand out all the time um, because everyone has struggles uh, in some way um, whether it is you know someone's dealing with an illness or someone's got a financial struggle because they lost their job but there's always something and and so we don't want to be constantly saying hey we're back again this year asking for money although you know, QSCMD could always use additional money for accelerating the, the fundraising towards um, towards a cure. I think we, we want to make sure that when we do a fundraiser that we're, we're really able to make it effective. And, and so you know, since that really large one up uh, at the start, we've done some smaller ones. There's been consistent ones where we've, we've raised a little bit for QSCMD and there's even been some, some fundraisers where we've actually raised money for physical therapy facilities 
here in Bend where we live um, because they needed like $500 worth of materials. And we were like, okay, we can post to our page to see if some people would be willing to donate to help you guys get a physical therapy swing or something like that. And it's amazing that we consistently get support from people uh, even you know a, a year or two after doing that uh, that big fundraiser. Um, but one thing I think is really important for people, anyone who's considering a fundraiser, uh, or, or even someone who's not, uh, I think you can, it's very easy to think that no one's going to give you any money, or or that it's it's too embarrassing to ask. But I think it's it's just very easy to underestimate how much some people really want to help you out and just don't know how. You have, especially especially with our kiddos, you know, treat care for our kiddos is very difficult for even family sometimes for them to understand how to carry a kid, how to change their clothes, how to take them to the bathroom, how to feed them, how to do any medic medical aid or, or, or just generally looking after them. And so there's a lot of people in your life that are probably just looking to try and help you somehow and just don't know how. And they are chomping at the bit waiting for you to ask them for some help. And if that's in the form of a fundraiser, then they'll, they'll come out and surprise you. Like we, we hit our goal in 24 hours we, and we hadn't even done the race. Like this was months before we did the race. That was all because we posted it at 10 p.m. You know, I kind of pressed the post button and went to bed and then woke up the next day and we're at $3,000 because all my friends and family from Australia had donated. <laughs> and because they'd seen us post about Bella and we'd posted about, mm -hmm. hey, we've got this diagnosis and things like that. And then, and then yeah, we just asked for help and they like came in in droves. And I think that's, um, we're not, we're no, no different from anyone else. Like we're not celebrities. We don't have huge followings. We're just regular people that have friends that we've known through time. And most people are like that. And I think you'd be surprised by how much people just want to help you out. Right. CareCMD has the ability to create a personalized fundraising page for folks that are interested in doing that. And so they make it easy for anyone. And I think Mark has illustrated the point to us that you can do a big fundraiser, but you can also do a small fundraiser, like the ones he's talked about that they've done, you know, since. So even if you have an idea of doing a, I don't know, a bags tournament, cornhole, what do you call cornhole. it? It's like, what is cornhole? that? It's called bags, bags here in Iowa. Yeah. Cornhole tournament or a chili cook-off. A poker tournament. Yep. Chili cook-off. Anyway, something big, something small. CareCMD does have the uh, ability to help you help them. It really does. Yeah, they, I think things have really matured since we did it as well when we were using CrowdRise. That platform was good, but then things have changed since then. And I think the, the QSMD organization has really found that these types of pages work and they've, they've refined the process. So it's, it's easier than ever to try and put one of these things together, which is great. Right. But yeah, I think it was, it was hugely rewarding, actually very emotional. I think when I finished the race, we had a lot of supporters out there there just to see us. And we'd gotten Barrett for Bella shirts with Curious George on them because Bella was a Curious George fan and they were all bright orange because orange was Bella's favorite color. And I came across the finish line, so just a sea of orange t-shirts. And uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing really when you, when you put yourself out there, when you tell people that, you know, you could use some help and they come out and help. It's really rewarding apart from just the financial side as well. I think it's a, it's great to, 
to feel like you're um you got some support maddie if folks would like to explore which is not committing them it's just exploring the idea of doing a personalized fundraising page how would they do that you can get a hold of CureCMD through donate at curecmd.org. And they are all very helpful on answering your questions, on helping you kind of navigate how to do things. It's very, very helpful. So feel free to reach out to them. Um, they can talk to you about the personalized fundraising page and other questions you might have in fundraising. I, if I believe, I think they even can do personalized um, thank yous to your donors after the fact so that you don't need to feel as though that burden is yours. So to help ensure that everyone's properly, properly thanked, they have the staff to do that. QSMD has been great the whole time. I think when we didn't really know them very well when we did the race and, and when we started raising some money, they actually sent someone from QSMD to come to the race. Some families we'd never met came to the race as well and you know we got to have some kids meet that both had the same condition and yeah they get they brought qsmd water bottles more water bottles than i can carry so that we end up giving some away so yeah the qsmd is really supportive of this kind of thing and can really help you try and spread word about it as well which is great anything else we did not cover last minute tips or anything um Tips is a good one. So, so keep your page running is one tip. You know, it's, it's easy to think that like, okay, once I've finished my 5K or my bags tournament or, or whatever it <laughs> is, cornhole tournament, <laughs> whatever it is that you've done. So we have, we moved away from where we lived when, when we did the race and we've moved somewhere else. We've met lots of new people since then and people that have met Bella and you know, once again would like to try and help or whether it's her birthday or whether it's something else. And people keep going back to our page and donating still. And so we'll get these sporadic donations that will come through and we're like, who is that person? And, and this is somebody who we met. Like we met somebody on the 4th of July at a 4th of July breakfast once and we told them her name and we've got this Barrett for Bella page if you want to follow along. And they, some random person just donated to our fundraiser. And so we left that page going. You might want to change it to make it more generic, but, but people continually we'll, we'll do that um and i think you know we've we've raised another two thousand dollars since like the month after the race since then so it's it's just um something that that can work as well you just want to make sure that you have a way for people to help you if they decide to on a birthday or at christmas time or something like that um, if you have something that's always kind of active they can you know find a way to, to do that that's one tip i've got for sure I would say don't carry 25 pounds. It, it can be really like, long-term, can cause you some back pain. So uh, if you're going to carry any weight, maybe limited to 25 pounds. But, um, yeah, Which part uh, of the triathlon was the hardest? Or maybe um, when you were training because you got to do probably all of it with the weight on. Uh, so yeah, I, I, um, I built my way up. So I started with five pounds and 10 and 15. And then I, I didn't actually do 25 pounds until the race day, because I found that if I did that much weight, it actually would, uh, I would hurt too much for a couple of days where I couldn't do anything. And so I never really made it up to that weight. I just kind of hoped that it would work. Um, <laughs> and, and you get some really weird looks. Cause I look like a, I look like a terrorist bomber. Like I had a black vest with sections in it that where yep. it was where the weights would go in and I, I would wear it around town running and I'd wear it to random races for training 
and people would look at me like I'm very strange. Um, and so that was, uh, yeah, that was a really odd, <laughs> odd thing about, you know, being there and I had to draw on it because otherwise people didn't know what, what it was and why I was wearing this dark black vest. And so we drew, you know, Barrett for Bella on the vest and tried to explain, put QSMD on the back, I think as well. But yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend that over a long distance. I, I've, I've thought about doing something since. Bella is, unfortunately for me, 45 pounds now. So, so 45 pounds <laughs> would be very painful. And so I've been trying to rack my brain as to what that next thing would be. But yeah, uh, 25 pounds, it, it definitely... It, for anyone who loses weight, 25 pounds you know, is attainable for most people to lose. You don't realize how much that is. It's it's incredible. Like I, I handed my vest to somebody after the race, and they just went, "Wow!" Like it was, it was really heavy. And uh, yeah, it's it's not something that you should be doing for a long period of time. You could cause yourself some some long term back problems. Luckily, I I didn't. It just it definitely hurt for quite a while after the race. Yeah. Well, I, I I um I did find that I felt better than everyone else after the race because everyone else had done the race and they were exhausted. And nobody else could lose 25 pounds instantly afterwards. And so I just took my vest off and I was like, wow, that feels good. I feel, feel really nice now. <laughs> it, makes, it makes a big difference. But yeah, no, we, we are really thankful to the whole QSMD community and everyone who supported us. It was, it was an amazing day and, and really amazing just to see who will come up and, and donate you. And one thing I would also say, if you know anyone that works for any companies, maybe ask them if their company would chip in because I think if you have something like a video like that, that's very shareable, most people have kids um, in, or some, most people who run a business has someone in the, in the executive team or high up that has children that can identify with your story, you know, share it to some people who work for companies because we had a couple of companies that came out and they threw in between two and $5,000 and that goes a long way. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it's a big chunk of the fundraising. So um, I think most companies don't look, that much at five grand as being a, a huge output of, of costs. And so I would definitely recommend, you know, try to share it with some companies as well, see if they'll get behind you. Or matching gifts. If you're uh, somebody that works for an organization that has matching gifts, when you make your donation, find out if your company will match it. Yeah, that's a big one as well. I think a lot of people don't, don't look that up in their HR policy or don't ask about that. And if that's there, that's definitely worthwhile doing. Mm-hmm. And the company, my company really got behind me too, which was, I was very lucky. They let me take off whatever time I needed and they were really supportive in let me just focus a little bit extra on that just so I, cause I knew it was important to me. And I think most, most other people's companies are kind of like that as well, which is great. All right. Well, thanks for letting us pick your brain on fundraising today. And hopefully this will plant a seed somewhere with somebody or give them some extra ideas if they've already been tossing the idea around. And again, if you need to get some questions answered or you just want to bounce some more ideas about fundraising off of CureCMD, they are available at donate at curecmd.org. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us and listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a CureCMD podcast, where these two mama bears will leave no stone unturned. Because failure is not an option. This podcast is nothing without you, our listeners. We welcome your feedback and topic suggestions. Please interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you will find us, Two Rare Mama Bears. Please subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and give us a rating or review. We would like to thank the talented individuals who keep us on task and make this podcast sound great. 
Luke Manley and Justin Meyer, respectively. The views expressed in this recording do not represent the opinion of Cure CMD or your podcast provider. Medical research, legal, or financial opinions or advice expressed in this podcast should not be substituted or interpreted as professional advice. Please consult your healthcare provider or other appropriate professional regarding any health-related or other concerns.